They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Smell that? Smells like money. Money. Moolah. I like me some money. The greenbacks. <laughs> money is so cool. Where's the Benjamins? Yeah. Where's my money? I like the kind that folds, not the kind that sounds jingly. Like change. <laughs> uh huh. What? Money! Oh my gosh, we just totally <laughs> we blew the just speakers. just blew everyone's speakers. I think people car. pretty much get the idea of what we're doing. Oh, welcome everybody. so loud. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. You know what we do here? We exchange a couple pieces of life-changing advice and we squeeze it into about 30 minutes or so. Yeah, we're excited about today's show. Yeah. I mean, specifically, this episode yep. is sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. You know, it's America's favorite coffee stop. You know, there's something fresh always brewing at Dunkin'. I Run, love that brand. This country runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, it does. I grew up giving directions solely by the location of Dunkin's. In the Northeast. In Manchester. So we say, look, what you want to do, you want to go down to Dunks, right? You want to take a right? And when you get down there, you're going to make about a mile, mile and a half, you make a left at Dunks. And when you get down, and that's literally we that's just the way you got around. Left and right, left and right the whole time. Love look, it. obviously this podcast is a great way to get some free weekly leadership nuggets. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for something more, a little customized experience. Aren't we all? You would love Certified Rockstar. This is our edutaining culture and leadership training program that Jim and I put on. It is uh, either half day, full day, multi-day mastermind. now, now the interactive, virtual, 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 version, 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 version. So check it out at certifiedrockstar.com. Yeah, and always, if you like the show, and we hope that you do, do us a favor. Just jump down there at the very bottom of whatever platform you're listening to this thing and give us a five-star rating and a review. Believe it or not, that helps us to grow the show so that we can make a little bit more money for one of our favorite philanthropic partners. Who is that, Brand? Right, Thoughts That Rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer Mm -hmm. and their fight for finding treatment options for kids who've been told they've run out of options. If they can't find one, they will fund one. They are amazing. Please check them out at cannibalkidscancer.org. Totally love those guys. Listen, we know how busy you are. You have a lot of things coming at you. And just finding a little bit of time to step away and and get what we call these these nuggets, these Mm -hmm. leadership nuggets of advice. Mm -hmm. You know, we we love being a part of that. We just want to amp up your life, which is why it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You're probably listening to the show, but you could also be working in a food bank. Yeah. Maybe you're harvesting pole beans on a tractor. Give me more than beans. Or maybe you're driving the road to Hana. Doesn't really matter to us. We just want to be the 30, maybe 35 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. 
Our guest today is Brock Blake, who is the founder and CEO of Lendio, which unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know is the largest online marketplace of business loans in the U.S., and uh, really is facilitating something like over 10 billion, not million, Brant, but billion Oof. in loan approvals for small businesses. First off, Brock, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Hey, thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, we're excited He's about this. He's got to be one of the most tired people in the world. In the world, <laughs> not just in right the U.S. Now. You know he is. He's no, no question. PPP, uh, <laughs> these PPP loans have taken, I, I think, 10 years off my life. I believe oh, it. I'm sure. I I'm believe sure. It. You probably never even saw this coming when you got into this business. Oh, my gosh. Uh, full transparency here, Brant, too. We... Um, I got connected to Brock through a mutual friend of ours, RJ Muta, who's actually a high school buddy of mine. And, uh, you know, we, we really want to put a spotlight on a lot of the stuff that Brock is doing. And Brock, we're going to have, by the way, your entire bio posted in the show notes. But just for our audience, I thought we'd, we'd pull out a couple things I thought were pretty cool. First off, and additionally to doing what he does, he's now a national keynote speaker mm-hmm. and a Forbes columnist, which is pretty cool. It is. Um, he was listed as an Inc. 500 CEO. And also Utah's Emerging Executive of the Year. So, you know, it's a little bit of props there. That's right. And one thing I noticed, and maybe we'll get to this in the show, it's up to Brock, but uh, I love this thing called Lendio Gives, which is an employee contribution and employer matching program. And Mm. really it's about where, you know, for every new loan facilitated on Lendio's marketplace platform, that program then provides a micro loan to a low-income entrepreneur around the world. So just really extending his his impact and influence for people that maybe just need a little bit of a leg up. Love that type of stuff. So we're, we're so appreciative of you being here, Brock. And, and listen, just because uh, you listen to other podcasts, we do things maybe a little bit different. We're not doing the, the huge background interview. We're going to go right for the meat potatoes of great leadership advice. So we're going to turn it over to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Yeah, so I think one thing that's just stuck with me in my my whole life, I have uh, this this saying that came from my grandfather. It's remember who you are, and there's a bunch more where I can dive into that. But that's something that's guided me as a leader, as a person, as a friend for a long time. Well, I would imagine too. It, it, <laughs> in the throes of, of the tornado that you find yourself in right now, there's probably nothing more important than to remember who you are and why you started this. Can you give us a little bit of that context from, from your grandfather? Yeah. So my grandpa's a, a hero of mine. He, he, he grew up as, you know, as poor as poor he could possibly be um, and ended up being uh, the mayor of his town and ended up uh acquiring a, a bunch of land and he was one that had a park named after him and a bunch of other things just because cool. so many people just looked up to him and in, in their community and so he went from nothing to you know creating some some wealth but doing it the right way mm. and he would always say to us you know everywhere we go remember who you are you're a blake and really what that meant um it's kind of two aspects and and and, w- and the way i've carried carry this on and my leadership is is one be humble mm-hmm. it's not about you it's about you know it's how many do you, people do you do you help along the way um and uh and and you know represent your family name and then two is be hungry um you know humble and hungry are kind of two aspects of this hungry meaning that you know we we gotta we gotta work for everything we get and you know we're competitive and we like to win and we 
we uh, were ambitious and, and, but uh, nothing's given to you. And, and, and so, you know, that saying, uh, remember who you are, I put it on the, the uh, acronym on my license plate just because awesome. it helps kind of create some, some grounding for um, the way that I, I strive to, to live my life, um, both as a CEO and just as a, you know, a husband and father, friend, community member and other things. I love that you say that because I thought, you know, you were saying in your, your leadership, your professional life, um, but yeah, you, you added it there at the very end. I mean, you can apply this to any area, right? Your your personal life as well. I don't know how that sort of has changed you or how you've used it in your personal life, but certainly in the professional, that makes a ton of sense, especially, I would guess, as you move up, as you take on more responsibilities, you get promoted, you know, I'm not going to say that people will let that get to their head. I think leaders are getting so much better today than perhaps they were 30, 40 years ago. But, you know, being both humble but also hungry, you can apply that in your personal life, right? You sort of alluded to that. How can you do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I, I, I've I've watched uh, successful entrepreneurs and, and people that I've known that are very close to me and, you know, that are as soon as they get money, um, you know, they, they kind of. They, th- they think it's all them. Yeah, you know, I yeah. did this. I, I'm the man. You know, uh, yeah. this is all because of me. And then, and they start, you know, de- degrading relationships. You know, they have. I've seen scenarios where it's you know ruined their 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 marriage and and you know relationships with their kids and, and other things like that. And for me, I teach their own. Right, everyone has their own relationship. For me, married with four kids, and they're high priority for me. And and you know, I've seen others. Um, you know, one in particular that, uh, I'm pretty close to had, he sold his business for $8 billion and, and the guy, the guy is so impressive that he just, you know, he's not, I mean, he's got as much money as anyone out there, you know, he could buy a sports team and, but the way he's been true to who he is and his family and, and his principles and, and the way he treats others. It's not walking around like, you know, Hey everyone, you know, I'm the big shot on campus and I made all this money. It's just, it's just this way of life. Um, so to me that, that those things, it it is, you want to be successful in your career. You want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I love that we've built a, a great business and we have, you know, 550 employees and we're growing year over year and all of that. That's, that's all great. But if it changes who I am, then, you know, I think it will be in, in vain. And, and, you know, I, that's so that, that, that we're saying, remember who you are and that humble hungry is really kind of guided all aspects of my life. I hope you stay like this, Brent. When you get as successful as you are, take Brock's advice. (laughs) That's right. That would be great. Trust me. If there's a B in front of Ilian anywhere near me, it's an accident. So, you know, the, uh, I have to say this, Brock, I, I think it's, um, I think it's amazing. You know, you probably have found yourself here in the last six months that this advice really has, has not just been something for you, but now it's these 550 employees that represent the brand, right? And so yeah. that same sort of mantra, be humble, be hungry, um, you are now having to deal with people who are, are facing something unprecedented, right? And so they are, uh, the emotions are on high, they're desperate, um, they're trying to figure out anything they can possibly do. And so now you go from obviously having, uh, you know, Lendio's been around, I and mean, we we've heard the name, we know what it is. But gosh, in the last six months, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you are a household name, and Spotlight. everybody is is coming to you, not just for 
answers, but for hope. And that has got to be a crazy position to find yourself in. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this has been um, the probably the most, but by a factor of 10, the most challenging thing I've ever experienced in my career. Um, And by a factor of 10, the most meaningful thing Mm. that I've ever experienced in my career. I mean, so you look at this and right in overnight, we have this healthy economy and, you know, when the pandemic hits and everything gets shut down, you've got millions of small business owners that are looking at this business that they've made their life savings and their entire, every waking hour and even their sleep nights have been spent building this business and, you know, in the, in the flash of an eye, it could, they can lose it all. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and they, they, they pass this, this PPP program that gives them, you know, an opportunity for some relief. And, and, uh, and we decided, you know, we're going to go all in. We're mission driven organization. Anyway, we our, our mission is fueling the American dream. Mm. We decided to tweak that, um, as of late to saving the American dream. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, it, we had one week from the time they announced it to the time it launched to, uh, build out the technology, uh, onboard 300 lenders that we were helping, uh, to, per, to, to, uh, process the PPP loans. We added a hundred partners. We added 250 new, uh, team members that we hired wow. all in a matter of uh, seven to, to 14 days. And, and the first weekend with they opened up PPP loans, there was more demand in that weekend than we had had in, probably the last uh year two years combined mm, right wow. uh we saw over a couple of weekends and 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 that that demand in that weekend was more demand than the sba had seen in 14 years combined. Wow. and so every lender in the nation is has never done a ppp loan you know borrowers do not apply for a ppp loan you know how do you process the ppp loan and and, and the sba is trying you know the technology crashes and and the rules change so every it, week and the rules are changing <laughs> yes. every day. And, and for me personally, you know, we had hundreds of thousands of business owners coming to us, but that included every person that you've ever met in your entire life that ever has run a business. So you're yeah. talking neighbors, yeah, friends, community members, people from high school, elementary school, you know, uh, college from sports teams, from, church congregations yeah. for, uh, you know, yep. friends of cousins. And, and so, you know, every day and they're looking at their business, like desperate, their money's mm. running out. The money's running out. I need this loan. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, and so this, the amount of weight that we had on our shoulders, you know, I had my, I had my, I had brothers that, you know, were using us to get a loan and, and, and didn't make it the first round of PPP, like ran out of money before I could even get my brothers wow. the loan that they needed. And, so much weight. Um, and, uh, you know, we flew pretty close to the sun. Yeah. Uh, there were times where we had challenges that, uh, with, with, with lenders and, and customers and other things as you bound to have when, when all that you're trying to process something of that, that scale and magnitude. Um, but wow. anyways, it, it, the body of work, you know, when all is said and done, and I'm trying to shorten this story is that, we helped 100,000 business owners uh, get $8 billion of PPP That's loans. That's amazing. And the impact we had, it, just the, the amount of thank yous of 
emails and videos and personal thank yous and testimonials. It's just been so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been incredible. Well, we talked before we got on the line with you, uh, if it wasn't for the PPP loan, because Brant and I are in a position that as full-time speakers, when there's no events, like we haven't done anything in person for almost six months, that's yeah. our entire livelihood. If it wasn't for the loan, I'm not sure we would have made it because mm-hmm. now where we were maybe sitting pretty seven months ago, yeah. you're now pulling from life savings. So, you know, we're probably a little bit luckier than most. Um, we're not as desperate, but let me tell you, if, if it wasn't for the government making that decision and it had to be done, it absolutely had to be done. But, oh my gosh, we think about the amount of pressure that you are having to deal with all the time. I mean, it's, because it, like you said, it's every human that you probably know or seeking help right now. That that's never really happened before. <laughs> yeah, and and it, stories like yours just make me so happy, you know. Because, um, you know, this is this is a very unique uh, economic cycle. This isn't this isn't like a, a, a typical recession. Yeah. This is a pandemic pandemic driven government sanctioned you know you cannot meet you can't go to events you right. can't visit restaurants and so these small business owners like you they're just um you know that deserve to exist um uh, you know we need to help them out i'm glad and it has has not gone there's been all kinds of bumps in, along the way that have been very painful for everyone but at the end of the day the majority of, of small business owners, the overwhelming majority of small business owners that actually needed the money, got the capital, yep. made it through it. Um, and then look, now now it's continuing on. It looks like there's going to be a, another round and, and we'll uh, – Fingers crossed. We'll see if yeah. we can – yeah, see if we can help him again. I'll tell you, I was, I was, uh, I, I can't speak for Brant here, but uh, I would pride myself on being recession proof. You know, I'd been around enough that I could see where things were happening. I planned and sort of like a squirrel, I'd packed away a couple nuts here. I'd got different revenue streams. I was not ready for being pandemic proof. I can tell you, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just wasn't. And now, boy, we really have to think differently about it. But again, the work you're doing is just, it's amazing. It's really amazing. I am. Um, I'll say this too. I have. Um, I have three daughters, and uh, you know, I read all the early childhood development stuff back in the day. All the books, the Baby Einstein videos, and you know, I soaked everything up I could find. Every program that was taught because I knew that everything is learned behavior. And we've talked about this on the show before. But I think when you instill the right values and discipline and decision making early on you make better choices in life. And so when I'm looking back at at your thought about remembering who you are, you know, if you've been taught to make your bed or eat your vegetables or be humble, like you said, or get outside or socialize with others, whatever it is, that's probably the way you're going to be. If you weren't taught to, I don't know, not litter or, or not discriminate against other people, there's going to be some issues at some point. And, and I really do, I guess my question for you would be, let, let's say that you come across somebody in your personal or professional life, you know, knowing that this is learned behavior, they're hopefully getting it from their parents or school or the playground or wherever, but you come across some sketchy behavior or they don't mash, match up, let's say to uh, Lindio's mission. How do you handle that? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you know, from our perspective, we at Lendio, we we the way we apply this is is we have 
one of our core values is humble hungry. Mm-hmm. The first is, you know, we're mission driven, fuel American dream. And then second, we're humble hungry, meaning we, we recruit hire and fire to that. We want people, we want you to be as diverse as possible, but we want you to have the attributes of humble hungry. Um, and then, but then, you know, I think we take, um, we take an approach that, you know, I can't, all I can do is lead and, and, and do my best to influence and mm-hmm. invite people to follow. Right. I can't do my, I can't force anyone to do anything. And so, you know, we try and take principle based approach with, with the culture we have, uh, around, you know, around diversity and inclusion around, you know, taking care of our customers around handling, you know, sometimes very unreasonable and challenging customers, um, and trying to, you know, trying to, to do our best to, to, um, uh, you know, kind of have high integrity and should, it sounds, it sounds like we're, I don't want to come across as self-righteous. That, that's not my point. It's just to, <laughs> yeah. to be a good citizen, right. And, yeah. and, and to lead as much as you can in mm-hmm. where you have influence. Yeah. I think it actually, it leads to our thought that we wanted to share with you actually perfectly is our thought this week comes from, uh, Benny Bellamassina. I do. It's such a good name, man. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and, and the thought is this. Rock number two. If you find yourself cutting corners, go in a circle instead. <laughs> and when I first <laughs> saw that, that, you know, what I thought was to your, uh, sort of back to your thought, Brock is this idea of when you start cutting corners, um, you're better off to circle back and start again <laughs> and remember who you are and, mm-hmm. and make these decisions uh, in a way that, that is the way that you want things to happen. And, you know, I, I think that during this time where there's incredible amount of pressure to, uh, you know, do whatever you can to save the business that I think the downside of it is there's a lot of corners being cut, um, everywhere you look. And, and unfortunately that can lead to some really, really devastating results. And I think that everybody should remember who they are, why they started it. What was their goal? What was that mission? And go back to that and let that drive the behavior. Let that drive the things that truly matter. Because if you start cutting corners, um, which I understand why, right? Everybody wants to try to figure out how, and they're willing to do it. If you've had a business, I mean, think of some of these people. I'm sure you've, you have met them, Brock, that, that they've had this business for 50 years. It's been in their family. Their great, great grandfather started this. And all of a sudden they are one, you know, non loan getting day away from mm-hmm. shutting the doors forever. Um, the, the sort of opportunity to cut corners becomes, um, something that they, that they look at out of desperation. How have you, um, helped those types of, of owners? I mean, what, what's the advice that you give them when they just are trying to do whatever they possibly can to save their business? Well, I mean, as you were talking, you know, I started thinking about my career as an entrepreneur and, and, you know, you need to be able to be scrappy. You need to be able to, you need to be able to go over and around and through and solve problems and get creative. And especially in times like now. Um, but one thing that has helped me, you know, I first started my career, you, you, 
you think, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and you see these articles where they build and sell their business, and <laughs> and you drive drive off in the in the sunset in a Lamborghini. You know, I mean, it's just like, and you know, early on, I I, I just thought that was what I wanted, and and what I realized is what I, I was doing was I was making I was making short term. Um, I was making decisions that benefited the short term, but that really didn't think about actually building a long-term business. Yeah, it was like just like okay, this will get me through today, and or or then it wasn't the right decision. Um, right. It wasn't the right decision for the business. It wasn't the right decision for the customer. It wasn't the right decision for whatever. For um, it was it was short term. It might have looked good. Right. And um, you know, I had a change of heart uh, about two to three years into it as I maybe matured a little bit. Who knows? But um, and now my approach is I want to build a hundred year business. I yeah. want to build something that is solves a major problem that isn't a flash in the pan that is, you know, in, uh, durable over over the long run. And once I started thinking about the things that way, uh, you know, maybe in the the this you started getting out of these day-to-day short-term cutting mm-hmm. corners to, to make ends meet. And you start thinking of, okay, let me take a step back. How do I build a good foundation? How do I do it the right way? So I have repeat customers. So I have, you know, the right brand. So, you know, all these things. And so, you know, that's, that's something that I've learned along the way um, is, you know, build something that's a hundred year business. It will really change your decision process and the decisions you're making on a day-to-day. Yeah. It's a, uh... I was listening to uh, I think a radio broadcast a couple months ago, and Mark Cuban, the you know the the owner of the Mavericks and a and a Shark, um, basically said the way that you treat your employees and your clients today is going to define you decades from now, and it it sort of reminded me exactly what you're saying, and kind of going back to Grandpa Blake, right? You're saying. I can make these short-term decisions for some type of a gain, whether it's financial or otherwise, but long-term it's going to come back to bite you. And you might be in the, you know, the legacy building stage of your life, but just in general, you want to impact and influence people for the better. And I think, you know, again, the work that you're doing, we can't, you know, you can't prompt you up enough for the work that you're doing because somebody's got to do it, but the way that you do it is actually going to matter. Not just, having the transition and providing it. I'm sure some people, they just want the loan. They just want the money, but other people they're going to, they're going to remember both internally and externally the way you treated them. And so I think that's kind of also what you're saying is, you know, not just remembering who you are as part of that. Let's make sure we don't cut corners. Let's think about this long term for the the bigger picture. Yeah. And you think you get the short term benefit. You might've closed a deal, you know, or you got some pop of revenue or other things like that. But if the customer on the other end or someone, you know, the, the team member, your employee, you know, they're going to remember how they felt and they're going to be talking. They're yeah. going to say, yeah, we got this deal closed, but this is what it means, you know? And, and then, and then at some point that stuff catches up to you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and listen, we have a long ways to go at Lendio. We have a, you know, a lot of area where we can improve and change and be better. And we got to fix problems and things like that. Um, just like anyone else, but that goal is let's, let's try and do it the right way where we build, you know, white glove customer experience. Yeah. That customer is going to come back to us four or five, 10 times, yeah. um, to get a loan over their life of their, their business. Now, I, I look at this and go, you know, obviously, this is great advice, no matter what uh, you're sort of uh, trying to accomplish. But as the stakes get higher, 
um, I think it's even more important, right? And so now all of a sudden the stakes are as high as they can be. How, what do you do to train your, your people to understand what's at stake? I mean, it's one thing to know that we're in this crisis, but it's another thing for them to be able to show empathy, but, but constructive empathy that isn't going to make them want to cut a corner to try to make sure that they can help somebody that maybe for whatever reason doesn't qualify for that particular loan or what might happen. What do you say to them to sort of keep them um, level-headed because if you're, I mean, if you're any human, you want to help, right? And somebody calls and they've got their, this incredible, awful story that they're trying to save. How do you keep your people focused on what matters most? Yeah. You know, I think that really it's for me, it was harder early on than it is now. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because once you've early on, you're trying to establish a culture and you you know, you're kind of hiring, um, kind of whoever you can get right yeah uh and and so everyone has a little bit different values but the more you we've grown um and we have team like my my c team my executive team my leadership across the organization like it is infused into the culture that's awesome everyone bleeds it and drinks it and you know it it is something that they believe to the core and so as you as that starts to happen and now it's just a way of life, mm. it becomes easier. This is how we do things here. This is our approach, you know, mm-hmm. and and here are training opportunities. And, and we, you know, we do all the things around compliance. We record every call and we, we monitor and listen to things and whether we provide. But they're just coaching opportunities. Sure. Is, hey, let's use this as an example to improve this or change that. Uh, so now it's it's uh, it's not something that I have to really kind of hit on every day because now it's so infused across all of our leaders and, and our, and, and people know now people yeah. start to know you yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, and now we're attracting people that believe in that same thing. Yeah. Oh, the shared uh, values. Yeah. So it just kind of perpetuates itself. A little bit. So have you been hit by, by virtual have, have sort of people been forced to work? Can they work virtually for your organization? Yeah, we're all work from home right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hired those 250 people, all never met them face to face. You know, all, all of them virtual work from home. Wow. Uh, got them all workstations, everything else. Uh, so, I mean, there's something to be said about being in an office, but we know a lot of organizations that are actually now thinking about subleasing their buildings. They're like, you know what? It's working from home. Uh, you know, may, maybe not a hundred percent, but it's working so well. I, I really do believe this is going to change a lot of business yeah. models as to, you know, being effective and still being able to work both well, in person. High virtual. rent districts, right? I'm like, if you're paying yeah. an enormous amount of money to have that that location, maybe you can get by with a fourth of what you really have and let everybody continue to and move to Utah. Yeah, that's the truth, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. There it is. Uh, you know, I was thinking yeah. there, there's an analogy, Brock, that I use uh, from the stage, and I talk about. Um, you know, your very first job, you know, you think about whatever our jobs were the very first time we, we probably, you know, took a shower. We smelled good. You know, our uniform was perfect. We arrived early. We, we probably listened to every single word the manager or the trainer said or whatever they were. We were hungry for knowledge, right? We weren't looking to cut corners. We weren't looking for ways to do it the way we wanted to do it. We were sort of following along the, whatever the mission was that they put in front of us. And then, you know, you fast forward, two or three years. And again, just as an analogy, I think people then start to go, 
okay, I'm a little bit disheveled. I don't even own an iron anymore. I'm a little bit late, five minutes. Yeah, I complain about the schedule, but what's the difference? It's not that big of a deal, but it is. When you start cutting corners for that short-term gain, you start losing who you are. It goes right back to your point again. I think that you know the brand's values and the mission, as you said, were put there for a reason because if you start to cut anything, it's the it's the broken window analogy. It becomes a slippery slope. So I guess my question might be as a way to combine these two thoughts, what's the, what's the equivalent you think of going in a circle, you know, to sort of reset yourself? How, how can you go back to remember who you are again, wh- whether you're climbing up on the leadership ladder or not? Well, I think that uh, having a, having a uh, people around you that, care enough about you and have, um, have enough, um, they're empowered enough to keep you humble. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got that trust. So in them. Yeah. That, that they can tell you how it is. Yeah. You know, sometimes leaders, they, they want their, their inside circle just to be all yes men or yes women. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and just, I'll say it, you do it. Um, yeah. And they think everything they do, they walk on water and all that kind of stuff. So I think having people around you that, um, you know, you, you can roll up your sleeves, you're going to get your your hands dirty and, and they can tell you, you know, you screwed up or, hey, th- this is better, you know, where where you are actually progressing and, and you empower them to, to treat you not on a pedestal, but just another member of the team. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, I go into meetings and I say, listen, I'm not, I'm in this meeting as one of the participants. I'm not the CEO right now, Uh, you know, so treat me just like anyone else. My ideas, you know, sometimes they're good and sometimes they stink just like everyone else. That's okay for you to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it could be one person. I mean, I love that you brought this up and this could be a totally different episode and probably will one day, but I think about having some confidant. You've got some some person that could sort of be the angel on your shoulder and maybe maybe if you know, receiving feedback isn't your thing, you're not as humble as you'd like to be, you could at least get one person and tell them, "Go, hey, listen, we're going to be in this meeting." I really afterwards I want you to share with me what I did wrong or how it came across or if I said something stupid or whatever it is. I wish more people had that sort of, you know, uh, what's the word, the conciliatory, you know, it's the the godfather. You got somebody oh, that's kind of yeah, helping yeah. you out, Conci- even if you had yeah, one. Yeah. Conciliatory, yeah, I don't so know, like that. We're going to yeah. put it in the show notes, yes. whatever the, the definition Could is. spell it anyways, yeah. But if you could get your entire team to do that, oh my gosh, get out of the way. Now you're producing Herculean results. Yeah, and I just think that you just got to put your ego aside because sometimes that's painful stuff, right? Yeah. But I think sometimes as leaders we think, oh, yeah, I can give the feedback to anyone else, but no one can give feedback to me. Uh, and and that's that's where, you know, say, no, 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 I, I need to grow just like anyone else. Yeah. yeah. So, listen, we can't thank you enough, Brock. What what um, Where can people stay connected to you? I mean, obviously, Lendio is bursting at the seams right now. Where where can they find out more about you and, and your organization? Yeah, so Lendio.com, you know, business owners that need a loan, it's free service for them. We'd love to see if we can help them out, see what loan options they might have available um, to reach out to, to me. I'm on Twitter, um, the Twitter handle, just Brock Blake. I'm happy to connect any, anyone there. And, and uh, I love what you guys are doing. I appreciate you guys 
the work you're doing from the podcast standpoint and, and, and in the community and the, the conversations you have. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, well, we're, you know, we've been looking to have you on the show for a while. And again, our, our friend, uh, mutual friend, RJ, I just, I, I wanted, I'm so thankful that he connected us for sure. And, and we appreciate what you do. I mean, thank you for the, the kind kudos on the show, but honestly, we just know that you're in the thick of it and even taking a half an hour and spending a little bit of time with us to share some wisdom. That means a lot for us, man. So we're, we're excited, and we'll have your personal phone number in the show notes for people to call you for <laughs> for money. Bring it on! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can't we can't thank you enough, buddy. And uh, we we look forward to just keeping up with you and Lindio's journey, man. Yeah, this is this luck. is great. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll Appreciate talk to you it. soon. You thanks, got it, brother. Rock on, my friend. Okay. Bye bye. Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers, but now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.